parenting, making memories. Matthew 5:13 You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus taught his disciples, as well as those who are just there to hang around and hear him speak, that people of God who are truly blessed are those who light up this dark world. In the preceding verses, Jesus teaches that those who are poor in spirit, who mourn, who are meek, who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, who are merciful, who are pure in heart, who are peacemakers, who are persecuted for righteousness and reviled for his name, are all blessed. So when we look closer at the passage and apply it to our own lives, we see the path to not only being blessed, but also to being a witness who glorifies God in this dark world. That path is here for a reason, and so are we. So making an impact on darkness requires things from us like being poor in spirit, or in other words, realizing our spiritual poverty without God's spirit in us, and being meek or self-controlled, merciful, pure in heart, etc. Now apply this to your family. Do you want to be a blessing to your family? Do you want to be a light in your family? And do you want your family to be a blessing to you and others? If you do, it starts with the marriage, with mom and dad coming together, preparing to raise kids to be that light. I once heard a statement about parenting that really stuck in my head. The statement went something like this. You know that you have succeeded as parents when people tell you how much they enjoy being around your family. That just hit me when I heard it. And I'm like, that is a good indicator of how good of a parent you are when people enjoy being around your kids. And people told us that on several occasions because our kids were well behaved. They get home and they go crazy. But out in public, you know, they were well behaved. They were respectful. They were fun. You know, and we had fun as a family. And people saw that in us and they made reference to our kids being really good kids. And there are people in our circle that are really good parents. And it shows because when we gather together, their kids are respectful and funny and happy. And I love these families because quite frankly, it's hard not to love them. They are succeeding in their parenting and it shows by the way their kids act. When people love to be around you and your kids, this is a great opportunity to create great memories. And creating memories is a big part of our parenting still, even though our kids are adults. We enjoy time with each other, and we take a lot of pictures, and we share them. We play games, and we watch the grandkids run around like little monkeys. And to me, these memories are a huge part of being a family. And it's really important to everyone to have these memories. It balances out that negativity in life. So this is my take again. When we started our family, when we had babies, we spent as much time with them as we could, occupying our time not only with feeding, changing diapers and other things, but playing with them, having fun. I wanted to be a good dad and I studied up and talked to people and I tried to do some research and figured it out. And I learned from many sources the importance of bonding with your kids at those early ages. So I tried to bond with my kids as much as I could. And when they're babies, you're in total control because they can't do a whole lot unless you pick them up. So giving them a bottle and talking to them while making eye contact was big and having that soft voice. This began the connection with my kids beyond that of simply being present. I was trying to be active in that. And as they learned to crawl and walk, playing hide and seek or simply chasing them around and making it fun as they laughed and ran away, it continued to build that connection. And one thing my wife did that was really cool, she taught the kids that when I came home, 
They all ran to the door, and when I opened it, they would hug me, shouting, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And this, for me, was a total blessing and drove home the point that a family that cares about each other can really bless one another by doing little things that have a big impact. One friend of mine I brought over one time, and he commented on that. He thought it was really cool when he saw that. You know, that made an impact on him. So not just me, it was a blessing to him, too. In our parenting research, we discovered that family traditions are important if you want to make memories. Thinking of things that we could do annually or on special days became something that we targeted. We sat down and we kind of hashed it out. And over the years, we came up with some cool ones. For example, on Christmas morning, my wife makes this awesome dish, French toast casserole that everybody loves. It is awesome. And we have gathered around our table for over 20 years feasting on this French toast casserole. It's a simple tradition, but it's unique to our family and the kids all look forward to it. And even now, if the kids come over and enjoy that, we'd still do it. And it's one of our family traditions that they'll always remember. Another thing that I did is on our kid's birthday, I'd grab my guitar, sneak into the kid's room while they're still sleeping, and I would start strumming lightly not to startle them. And when they were waking up, I would sing happy birthday pretty loud, not crazy loud, but pretty loud. And at the end of the song, I'd strum my guitar really fast and give a final like a yeehaw or something like that, you know, to wake them up and to remind them that they were special. And they would get up kind of annoyed because I woke them up. But then at the end, they were kind of sitting there grinning, you know, it was fun. But I tried to do that on every kid's birthday. And, you know, and the other kids, they would hear me singing in there. It was just us, my wife and I, the other kids, we didn't bring them into it. And a lot of times it was just me because that's something I always wanted them to remember that I cared about them on their birthday. And also on their birthday, something else I would do that was really special to them was allow them to sit at my chair at the table for meals. Now I need to give a little background on this. So in our quest to become good parents, we were researching, we went to conferences, we did all kinds of stuff trying to figure out how to not screw our kids up. And I discovered a principle that I thought was kind of over the top at the beginning. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. But in the end, it ended up being pretty cool. That is, the dining room table is a special place for the family to gather. And the head of the table, the most prominent place, is reserved for dad. And the thinking behind this is reinforcing Ephesians 5.23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and himself its Savior. So it's that family structure that's put in place by God. And when we heard this, it was pretty interesting because they were hammering home the point that you want your kids to be secure, you want them to feel safe in your home, you want them to respect mom and dad and their authority, then you need to be people that honor that authority. A biblical family that honors God and his word has a family structure where the man is the head of the family. And now I've seen the value of this in our family. And although I don't use that command in the scriptures to get my own way, I still see its value when it's done in faith. It actually is really cool. So in our home, the table is this big rectangular table with my place at the end. And the other end is up for grabs and no one really sits there anyway because you're sitting with your back against the window. And sometimes when I'd get out of bed and I was walking into the kitchen to get something to eat and one of the kids was sitting there in my chair, which they always did, and I was getting my food, I'd walk up and I'd quietly say, why are you sitting in the seat of power? I'm kind of joking about it, but it's funny. And the kids would kind of exhale and they'd shake their heads and they'd quietly get up and move to the seat and I'd sit back in my chair. And it wasn't that I was being crazy about it. It was to uphold that family structure that I thought was pretty valuable. And I heard this principle and I did it throughout the years. So when birthdays would come, I would say to the kids, you get the seat of power tonight. And you would have thought they struck gold. They were so excited about sitting in the seat of power. And I would sit where they usually sit. And it may seem dumb to some that dad has his own seat, but I believe it helped reinforce daddy's role in the home and they were good with it and that birthday meal where they were sitting there they were ecstatic they were happy they now felt special 
and all it was was letting them sit where I sit. Other memories we had at Christmas time, my wife baked a ton of stuff with kids and they had a lot of fun cooking. And incidentally, our whole family cooks now and they cook good. My wife taught us all. I cook. My kids all cook. She's still the best cook, but man, did we make out on that deal. So when we go over to our kids' house now, they cook and we enjoy their cooking because they're good cooks because mom taught them. And through that teaching, that bond was reinforced. So these traditions, they played a big part of making memories in our family and other memories we had. We went on some camping trips and trips to the beach and eating lunch in our minivan. We had the two seats in the middle that would flip around and you could sit there, all five of us, and eat lunch. And that was fun. When we were on vacation, we used to do that a lot. It was a lot of fun. And we would go to the shooting range. Lots of fun memories. We really wanted to spend a lot of time with the kids because we knew they would be on their own someday. And now they are. We also tried to do it as cheap as possible, living on one income, and it worked. Because you don't have to go all out. Just spend time with your kids. And these were good memories. But I found out something interesting recently. They weren't necessarily the best memories. My daughter and I were having coffee the other day and talking about life. And she shared one of the most impactful memories of her upbringing. And surprisingly, they were not the fun things. Rather, the real things. Dealing with real issues and the way that I handled them with her. And I didn't do it right all the time. But the times that I did, it really impacted her. And those are what she remembers. But I was surprised that the times when I did things right regarding dealing with her issues were times that she really remembers and thought were most important. And now I'm recalling all the times she and I were at war with each other. I'm like, oh man, did I screw that up or did I succeed? And I think I did a little bit of both. But that caught me off guard, but it makes sense. Think about your own life and times you got in trouble when someone showed you mercy, when you were really being a jerk and they were nice to you. That makes a big impact. So taking all this in, I realized you can't create favorite memories in the minds of your children. An expensive trip to a theme park may be nothing compared to a hug during a drama attack. So why not aim to hit all these things where good memories are formed. And when your kids are older, you too can have these conversations where something you did that wasn't a big deal in your mind actually was a very big deal in theirs and it was good. But a word of caution, you can also produce bad memories. I'm still paying for a couple of comments I made to my wife. One was over 30 years ago and the other 25 years ago. I thought they were funny at the time, but I might as well tattooed a big I for idiot on my forehead because that ink would disappear long before those comments ever left her mind. So be careful, especially with little kids. Our words can really hurt their little hearts if we're being careless or try to toughen them up, quote unquote. So make every effort to make good memories with your kids and your spouse because you don't get any of those days back. And when the days of having everyone under your roof are gone, the opportunities to make memories are reduced considerably. So be a light to your spouse and your children. Make those memories and you'll be blessed. Thank you.